The war in the Middle East has been raging for over a week, which means that already many in the political establishment are calling for America to take in limitless numbers of refugees. One Republican candidate for president says no. My position is very clear. As the first presidential candidate say, no Gaza refugees, period. We're just not going to do it. And why? Because we don't want to import the pathologies from the Gaza Strip and other places in the Middle East to the United States of America. They are taught to hate Jews. They are taught that Israel has no right to exist. The textbooks that they use don't even have Israel on the map at all. And so this is just endemic to their culture. It's a really toxic culture that's developed. So there's no reason to be importing that into the United States. And the idea that we can kind of separate like a terrorist from some someone that may be a freedom lover, that just doesn't work. Uh, so, so we will not do that uh, when I'm president. Pretty simple, not even all that controversial. The position, no Palestinian refugees, is not just the position of mean old far right wing fascist white supremacist, this is statist kind of Republicans, whatever the liberals say about us. That's also the position of the neighboring Arab states like Jordan and Egypt. It's the exact same policy. No Palestinian refugees because it's basically impossible to separate the good guys from the bad guys, the guys who could be good for your country from the guys who could be a danger to your country. Another Republican candidate says the opposite. You have to realize that whether we're talking about Gazans and Palestinians, um, you know, all of them don't, you've got half of them at the time that I was there, didn't want to be under Hamas's rule. They didn't want to have terrorists overseeing them. They knew that they were living a terrible life because of Hamas. You had the other half that supported Hamas and wanted to be a part of that. We see that with Iran too. The Iranian people don't want to be under that Iranian regime. They don't, we saw what happened to Masa Amini. We saw how they treat them. There are so many of these people who want to be free from this terrorist rule. They want to be free from all of that. And America's always been sympathetic to the fact that you can separate civilians from terrorists. And that's what we have to do. Unlike many political commentators on the right, I actually have a lot of sympathy for the people in the Palestinian territories. The conflict there is extremely complex. It dates back in its current form more than 100 years, and it really dates back millennia. I am not dismissing any of the circumstances or the people involved. But, first of all, contrary to what we just heard, America has not always taken mass waves of migrants. America has not always said that we're going to separate the freedom lovers from the terrorists. We haven't had to deal with terrorism as a major national problem for a lot of our country's history. A lot of that story of, of, of our country's relation to mass migration is revisionism from very, very recent years. And mass migration is tearing the country apart. We have simply taken in too many immigrants too quickly. It's not even a knock on the immigrants. The social fabric simply cannot bear much more without assimilation. We all know that virtually none of the refugees from this or any conflict will be Western-minded Christians longing for apple pie and hot dogs on the 4th of July. The liberals pushing for mass migration will see to that. If there does happen to be one who slips through, Biden's going to say, no, keep that guy over there. We only want the the refugees and the migrants least likely to assimilate. Mass migration of foreign people 
with foreign customs and foreign beliefs and foreign blood feuds into the United States will not solve anyone's problems. It will only import them. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. A teacher has gone viral for telling uh, white people to stop being mothers. We'll get to that in just a moment. First, though, you've got two pretty clear positions on the refugees in the GOP field. You've got the DeSantis view and the Nikki Haley view. Well, what about the number one guy in the field, Donald Trump? He's going even further, and he's saying, not only do I want uh, to ban these new refugees and, and this new wave of mass migration, I'm going to reinstate that very policy that existed under my previous administration. The Democrats fought us like crazy over the travel ban. You know that? They fought us like crazy. I had to go through the whole court system, but after 18 months in court, the Supreme Court finally ruled the travel ban was totally constitutional because we want to keep bad people out that want to destroy our country. As president, I also suspended refugee resettlement when we entered office in 2017. Nobody had ever heard of it before. We didn't want that. And we'll do it again. We'll put it right back into place. I banned refugees from Syria. I banned refugees from Somalia, very dangerous places. And from all of the most dangerous places all over the world, I banned them. I said, I'm sorry. And in my second term, we're going to expand each and every one of those bans because we have no choice. Some very rough people, some very Very rough people come out of those areas. They want to blow up our country. We aren't bringing in anyone from Gaza, Syria, Somalia, Yemen, or Libya, or anywhere else that threatens our security. So Trump says, not only will I do it, I already did it. And when I did it, I got a whole bunch of flack from the liberals. And frankly, Trump got some flack from the squish Republicans, too. You heard the same BS talking points about the the Muslim travel ban and how it's unconstitutional from the squish Republicans as you heard from the liberals. And it wasn't even a Muslim travel ban. There were Muslim countries, Muslim people, Muslim groups who were welcome to come into the United States. But certain Muslim countries could not because they were very dangerous places and it was very hard to vet who was coming. And Trump said, if we import people from here, very likely we're going to get terrorism. We're not going to do it. It's not that's not good for our country. I would be I would be violating my responsibility to the American people. It's a reminder that Trump really did reshape the party. If you present these two views to Republican primary voters, maybe to Americans generally, the DeSantis view, no, it's just too risky to accept the refugees from the Palestinian territories. And the Nikki Haley view, oh, America's always taken in these refugees. A lot of these people are freedom-loving. Bring them in, bring them in. Virtually every Republican primary voter is going with DeSantis. And maybe most Americans are going with DeSantis. And Trump comes out to remind people, hey, I was the one who changed the conversation. Before I came along, Pretty much every Republican, from the conservatives to the squishy, centrist, moderate types, they were always in favor of more migration. Some said no illegal immigration, only legal. Some said illegal, illegal, doesn't matter, forget about borders. But they were all basically in favor of more people coming into the country. And it was me and me alone who said, no, we're going to shut down 
migration, especially from particularly dangerous countries. So the party has obviously changed on that front. And and what the liberals will do is they'll come in now and they'll say, oh, this is is not compassionate. You're a cruel, heartless party. How could you look at the images from the Middle East right now and and not want to take these poor people in, these poor people in these dire circumstances? But taking in mass numbers of people that you don't know very much about, or what you do know about, you know, is probably not going to be very beneficial to your country. That is not compassion. I'll show you what compassion looks like in just a second. First, though, we got to restore balance to our political order. We have to restore balance of nature. Right now, go to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code Knowles. Living a healthy lifestyle is not easy, especially when you're always on the go. You need simple, manageable routines to ensure you get the proper nutrition each day, which is why I'm a huge fan of Balance of Nature. Balance of Nature fruits and veggies are a great way to make sure you are getting essential nutritional ingredients every day. Balance of Nature uses an advanced cold vacuum process that encapsulates fruits and vegetables into whole food supplements without sacrificing their natural antioxidants. The capsules are completely void of additives, fillers, extracts, synthetics, pesticides, or added sugar. The only thing in Balance of Nature's fruit and veggie capsules are, well, fruits and veggies. There's never been an easier way to make sure you are getting your daily dose of fruits and vegetables. Go to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code Knowles for 35% off your first order as a preferred customer. That is balanceofnature.com. Promo code Knowles for 35% off your first preferred order right now. Do not wait. You owe it to your body. You owe it to your society. You owe it to nature. Balanceofnature.com, promo code Knowles. You want to know what true compassion looks like? The Latin patriarch of Jerusalem, Catholic Cardinal Pierre Battista Pizzaballa, he has just come out and offered himself up to Hamas in exchange for Israeli children who are being held hostage. This is what Cardinal Pizzaballa says. I am ready for an exchange, anything, if this can lead to freedom to bring the children home. No problem. There is total willingness on my part. And he goes on. He says, the first thing to do is to try to win the release of the hostages. Otherwise, there will be no way of stopping an escalation. This is a really important point because I've been saying on the show now for over a week that the American interest in this war is to contain the war to stop the escalation. That's not everybody's interest. The interest of Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran is to obliterate the state of Israel. The interest of the state of Israel is to obliterate Iran and the terror groups that Iran funds. The interest of Russia and China is probably to bring the United States even more into that war so that they can deplete American military resources and they can perhaps aggress in the South China Sea, aggress on Taiwan, take more of Eastern Europe. But the American interest here is distinct from all those other groups. That is to contain the war. But as the Cardinal says, you cannot contain the war while the refugees are still, or while the hostages rather, are still being held captive by Hamas. That's the sticking point. You've got Americans held captive. You've got Israelis held captive. You've got elderly women held captive. You've got tiny little children held captive. That, that is the, the sticking point. The reason Hamas did it is so that they could try to discourage Israel from obliterating Gaza, and that strategy is probably not going to work either. So this Latin patriarch of Jerusalem, this good, solid Catholic cardinal comes in, and he says, take me. Exchange me for some of the kids, and I'll go to Hamas, and I know they're going to do horrific things to me and almost certainly kill me, but 
I'm following in the footsteps of the apostles. I'm following in the footsteps of the saints and the martyrs. You know, the, the Catholic cardinals wear red shoes. And, and sometimes people who don't really get the point of the red shoes, they make fun of it. They, they used to call uh, the former pope, Pope Benedict XVI, the late, the late Pope Benedict, they would call him Pope Prada because they said he was wearing these red Prada shoes. And they've compared him to the current Pope Francis. And they said he's Pope Pravda, named after the newspaper of the Soviet Union. Uh, not a very nice joke. But the, the reason for the red shoes is because the bishops, as the successors to the apostles, are meant to be willing to walk in the footsteps of the martyrs. And those footsteps are red with blood. And that's what this cardinal is, is saying. That is true compassion. That is true charity. Compare that with what the liberals want to do. They just want to invite all of the refugees and the migrants to come into our country. But inviting mass waves of migrants to ghettos that you will never visit, that you elite liberals who are behind the mass migration you will forget about live in those ghettos. You will never visit those ghettos. You will never have to deal with any of the problems caused by the mass waves of migration. Unvetted people or people who are somewhat vetted and we know they have views that are contrary to our own beliefs here in the United States. That's not compassionate at all. That's cruel to your fellow citizens. That's cruel to people who will feel the effects of that. That's cruel to, to later generations who will have to deal with the effects of a political order that's frayed because of a lack of assimilation of foreigners who've come in. You want to talk about true compassion and charity? Offer yourself up. Compassion means to suffer with somebody. Suffer with somebody. Offer yourself up. Give of yourself totally selflessly for someone else. Definition of love. To will the good of the other for their own sake. Speaking of this war, my friend Charlie Kirk just got in trouble. There are, there are calls for Charlie to step down because Charlie on a podcast or a radio show, apparently raised questions about whether or not Israeli intelligence had any forewarning of this horrible attack by Hamas. Charlie said something to the effect that uh, Israeli intelligence ignored the warnings. And I don't know, that's not exactly my position on it. I try to favor conclusions from incompetence, absent firm evidence of conspiracy. But it's not that crazy an idea. It's really not that crazy an idea. The Israeli spy agency is supposed to be one of the greatest intelligence operations in the entire world. They've got every inch of Gaza under surveillance at all times. This attack was extremely elaborate. It obviously took a long time to, to put together. Is it possible that Hamas fooled them? It's possible, totally is. But it's not crazy to ask that question. It's certainly not anti-Semitic or whatever nonsense they're saying about Charlie. And the irony of that is Charlie is one of the biggest supporters of the state of Israel in, in the United States. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Charlie hosts conferences to support the state of Israel. He sends hundreds of students a year to go visit the state of Israel and to, to develop a, a deep appreciation of the state of Israel. It's just such a ridiculous attack on him. And it's come from some people, some of the squishy people on the right, because they don't like that Charlie is an effective voice to get young people to support conservatism because it's not the kind of conservatism of Mitt Romney, because it's not the kind of conservatism 
of the 1990s and 2000s. It's, it's, it's a different kind. I think it's a, a deeper kind of conservatism, but they'll take any cheap shot they can. So they'll say that, Charlie, for raising an obvious question is an anti-Semite or some nonsense. You know who else raised that question? It's not just the fringe, kooky, radical, conspiracy theorist, whatever. It's the former director of the CIA and probably the most prominent living American general, General David Petraeus. He asked the exact same question. The complexity of what they did was really quite extraordinary. Were you surprised by the uh, sophistication of the attack? Yes. Actually, I was more surprised that there just wasn't the awareness of what was being planned. This is a very substantial operation, and the planning of it alone uh, would have been very considerable. But then the training and equipping and positioning of forces, then the actual conduct of it, that all of that could take place and not spark much increased military readiness is really quite stunning. Really quite stunning. And Petraeus keeps a straight face about it, and he's not saying the Israeli intelligence knew and they just ignored the warnings. But he is raising that obvious question. And I mean, that, that question is going to be debated for decades to come now. But I don't think that we should be trying to cancel people for being anti-Semites for raising a question that anyone who, who thinks about the attack for two seconds is going to ask. I promise you, plenty of people in the state of Israel are asking that question. How could this possibly have gotten by our intelligence? Speaking of intelligence, an extremely intelligent political exchange just went viral, and it was between a lib journalist and the conservative leader of, wait for it, America's evil top hat, Canada. The conservative leader in Canada, Pierre Poilievre, just gave a masterclass in how to shoot down liberal journalists. Take a listen. On the on the topic, I mean, in terms of your sort of strategy currently, you're obviously taking the populist uh, pathway. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> well, ap- appealing appealing to people's uh, more emotional levels, I would guess. Um, I mean, certainly, mean certainly you. So you're already seeing, just from the the his stance, he's just standing there eating an apple. He's totally relaxed. He's totally calm. Just that, just remaining calm and relaxed takes so much wind out of the sails of lib journalists because that's what they do. They always try to play this game. When they when they try to promote complete nonsense, they'll 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 do it in that really nice NPR voice. So you know Donald Trump actually uh, eats babies. There was a scientific study on this. Uh, yes, well, of course, Jane. Yes, I saw. I'm here in my business tie and my suit, and uh, Donald Trump eats babies. It's been proven and scientific. But they sound really calm and normal, and so somehow it it convinces you uh, to disregard the crazy things that they're saying. So Pierre Poiliev is using that tactic against him. He's just standing there. He's just eating an apple, huh? Okay, yeah, let's just talk to me. This doesn't need to be a tense exchange. Talk to me. Okay, well, look, obviously you're using the, the you're you're doing populism. Huh, yeah. What does that mean? Uh, humana, humana, humana. The guy doesn't have an answer. The liberals just use these words. Populism, gaslighting, privilege. I don't know, whatever. Whatever the stupid euphemisms are and the slogans are, they just use them. They haven't really reflected on them very much. So, he, he throws it out there and you say, hey, just can you just tell me what that word means? Like in real language, not just in pre-programmed, non-playing character, beep boop, 
regurgitated talking points. What do you actually mean by that? Usually they can't quite answer. You know who else can't answer questions? Your dog, because he doesn't have a rational soul. But he can have good food if you give him rough greens. Right now, go to roughgreens.com slash Michael. You know I'm not the biggest dog person in the world. Well, my stepbrother is. And while I'm lukewarm on my stepbrother, I do think that the dog should be healthy. And so I sent my stepbrother some rough greens. And that dog just keeps saying rough, rough, rough because rough greens is so great for dogs and dogs love it. Naturopathic doctor Dennis Black, the founder of Rough Greens, is focused on improving the health of every dog in America. Dog food may as well be considered dead food since it contains very little nutritional value. Think about it. Nutrition is not brown, it's green. Let Rough Greens bring your dog's food back to life. Rough Greens is a supplement that can, I don't know how many times I'm going to roll that R. Uh, It contains all the necessary vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega oils, digestive enzymes, and antioxidants that your dog needs. You don't have to go out and buy new dog food. Sprinkle a little Rough Greens on the food every single day. Dog owners are raving about it. It supports healthy joints, improves health, boosts energy levels, so much more. Right now, get a free jumpstart trial bag so that your dog can try it. Get a free jumpstart trial bag delivered straight to your door. Just a few business days. Go to roughgreens.com slash Michael, R-U-F-F greens.com slash Michael, or call 844-ROUGH, R-U-F-F, one, two, three. Roughgreens.com slash Michael, or call 844-R-U-F-F, one, two, three, today. Canadian conservative leader Pierre Poiliev continues. Certainly you tap uh, very strong ideological language quite frequently. Like what? Uh, left wing, you know, this and that, right wing, you know, I mean, it's that, that type I of ideological thing. I never really talk about left but or right. Anyways, a lot I of people... I don't pe- really believe in that. Okay. A lot of people would, would say that you're simply taking a page out of the Donald Trump... Let me put a pause uh, there. So, <laughs> you use this highly ideological language. What ideological language? Left and right. I don't say that. The libs will attack conservatives in public life. They will very rarely listen to conservatives in public life. I remember when Rush Limbaugh was still alive, the libs would go after him. He was public enemy number one. Not one of them had ever listened to an entire Rush Limbaugh show. Not one of them had probably ever listened to an entire Rush Limbaugh segment. They just heard little 30-second sound bites completely out of context played on MSNBC. So it's a, you always say this, that, or the other thing. And, and then the conservative can say, when have I said that? I, I sometimes get this from the libs when I suggest that we need standards in public life. And I say, we, sh- we shouldn't really tolerate the crazy pride parades or the crazy whatever. Someone says, oh, here we go. We've got a, fr- I thought you were a free speech defending absolutist. Huh? And now you want to curtail some speech? And I say, guys, when have I ever You've never listened to a word I've said. I wrote an entire book about how I'm not a free speech absolutist. You have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, I thought you were a small government libertarian. I'm, I promise you I'm not. I'm for limited government, meaning I want the government to be limited to its proper role. And, but I'm not, you just, you're just making stuff up. You just have a, you have a caricature of a conservative in your mind. And it happens to be a caricature that is easily defeated in debate and in public life. So you, you want to attack that straw man. But that ain't us. That ain't Pierre Poiliev. That, that is not real conservatives. And so then you see this, this journalist start to pivot, and now he wants to pivot by tying this guy to Trump. Like which people would say that? Well, I'm sure a great many Canadians, but... Like who? 
I don't know who, but... Well, you're um, the one who asked the question, so yeah. oh, you must know somebody. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm sure there's some out there, but anyways... The, okay, the yep, was it there? <laughs> you know, many people are... This is the classic liberal journo trick. Critics say... Who are the critics? Well, you know, them. The ones, the ones who are criticizing. Yeah, who are they? Who's, you're criticizing, but you don't want to admit it. You don't want to admit that this is just an opinion column. So you have to say, well, many Canadians are saying you're just the Canadian Donald Trump. Oh, yeah? Who's saying that? Uh, I don't know. Well, you just said, you said many people are, so you got to know at least like one person, right? Well, uh, uh duh. I think uh, someone's probably saying it. Keep going. The point of this question is, I mean, why should why should Canadians trust you with their vote, given, you know, not not just the sort of ideological inclination in terms of taking the page of Donald Trump's book, but what are you also, talking about? What page? What page? Can you give okay. me a page? Give me the page. You keep in, saying in terms, that. In terms of ter- turning things quite dramatically, in terms of of Trudeau and and the left wing and all of this, I mean, you 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 make quite a you know it's it's quite a play that you make on it. So I'm, I'm not sure. I don't, under, I don't know what your question okay. is. Okay, forget that. Why should Canadians <laughs> trust you with their vote? Common sense. Wow. Okay. Common sense for, for a change. We're going to make common sense common in this country. We don't have any common sense in the current government. Did you catch, what was the actual question that the journo had for the conservative leader? The actual question was, I kid you not, why should Canadians trust you with their vote? Now, that's what it just took us three or four minutes of setup, preface, insinuation, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat to get to the most basic question in democratic politics why should people vote for you? And Pierre Poiliev masterfully shoots down all of it, every single bit of it, until finally it gets to. You're taking the page out of the Trump playbook. No, we just pointed out, no one's comparing me to Trump other than you. I don't even know what it means. You're accusing me of things that I haven't done. Now you're referring to, what's the page? Well, I don't, uh, I'm, um, I don't know. Uh, I guess just because you're, you know, you do things that I don't like. And, and then Poiliev, he comes, he says, I just don't understand what your question is. And the guy says, well, my question is, why should people vote for you? Oh, so that's what your monologue that opened up the question, which is you're terrible, I hate you, you're stupid, you're a populist, you're evil, you, you're you're Donald Trump, you're bad, you're emotional, you're unreasonable, you're this, you're that. Wait, what? You have a question? Oh yeah, why should people vote for you? That's how you do it, folks. That is how you do it. It's I, I queue it up so often. We don't have it queued up for the show today. The exchange on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia between the actual lawyer and Charlie Day, who's pretending to be a lawyer. That's what you just saw here. Just the stammering, the humana, 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 the no answer for anything. That's what, if you just calmly object to the premises of the liberals, calmly state your own argument and don't take the bait, they got nothing. Speaking of teaching people things, there's a teacher who's just gone viral for uh, telling white people to stop encouraging their daughters to be mothers. This is a special PSA for anyone who's raising a white daughter. Please stop gassing your white daughters up to be mothers. Stop telling them that it is their destiny and their birthright to one day be a mother. 
that they will one day be a parent. If they want to, cool, but stop making them feel like that's their birthright because they often grow up feeling entitled to children. And if they can't have their own children, they will be entitled to take someone else's child. Regardless of ethics or morals, they feel obligated is their responsibility to make their family complete. Da, 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 da. Men started this. Shit. Men started telling women that it is their destiny and their birthright to be mothers, and that's the only niche they have in life. Denied it again. Stop it. Stop it. Okay, so this guy is giving his monologue here in front of the gay trans BLM flag. So it's not just the regular gay flag. It's like the super duper extremist terrorist BLM flag or gay flag rather and BLM flag and trans flag. It's got it's just all mushed up into one and kind of looks like a Palestinian flag, too, actually, because it's got the little triangle coming in on the Anyway, you know that this guy is coming from a far left position. But what's amazing is he hits two seemingly unrelated far left points here. The first one is women aren't supposed to be mothers. No, no, there's no, there's no purpose to life. There's no, there are no things that we are called to do by virtue of our sex and by virtue of our humanity and being made in the image and likeness of God and having a charge to be fruitful and multiply. No, 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 that's not, the point of life is just do whatever you want, which is also implied by the flag behind him. But, but you can't quite get why. Why is it that he's telling white women not to want to be mothers? Oh, because... They sometimes then, if they cannot have biological children, adopt non-white babies. What this guy's saying is that he would rather non-white children be orphans than be raised by white people. That's how much that guy hates white people. That he would rather black and Hispanic and Asian and whatever other kind of children be orphans raised in an orphanage, be killed through abortion, perhaps, be left on the streets, then have to be raised by white people. And he says, it's just terrible. The entitlement of these white people, what entitlement? To take an orphan into their homes and raise them and invest money and time and care and their lives into these kids? Yeah, that compassion, that charity, that's really evil and selfish. As always, leftism is not just a little bit perverted. It's a total inversion of reality. And it's an inversion, we see this especially, of Christian faith. Christianity says there is neither Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free nor man nor woman, but all are one in Christ Jesus. This guy says it is a fate worse than death for a black person to be raised by a white family. The Christian faith says be selfless, give of yourself, just take take in the orphaned. Okay, the Liberals say, no, it it would be, that's actually selfish somehow. How does someone who holds those views, who's come to that conclusion, how do they get through their day? Their view of reality is so totally skewed. It's so off. How do they manage to not just spend their day walking into walls and falling into ditches? Now, speaking of kids, really great news while I was away. I ended, I was supposed to be away for a lot of this week. There were some snafus on my international travel, which we maybe we'll get to in a little bit. Maybe I'll tell you in a few weeks. Uh, but anyway, I'm back here. That's the bright side. I get to speak with all of you in the membrum segmentum avec le crème de la crème. Uh, but the one day that I missed was the announcement of Bent Key. 
which is the Daily Wire kids entertainment offering. And I was, I was following it. You know, I'm kind of checking my phone. I sent out some tweets. I've known about this project, obviously, for years at this point. This is a project years in the making. And then I checked out the little sizzle. Hi, you made it. Oh, hello. Want to play? I've seen enough. These two are ready. Ready or not, here we go. Please keep your arms and legs inside the cart at all times. <laughs> Hurry up. The party is starting soon. Yeah! Follow me! Where is he going? We're going on a treasure hunt. We're exploring the wild wow. blue yonder. It's chilla time. Pretty incredible. It's unbelievable. Whether big or little, little or big, oh. We all have fabulous adventures together. Wow! It's time to head off for adventure. Look around you. All we need is a bit of music. Drum solo. <laughs> Imagine this. All I see is adventure. I'm not a super sentimental guy, okay? But I'm not going to say that when I saw the sizzle, tears came to my eyes because I'm a man, okay? I'm a manly man and I don't do that kind of thing. But I already had very high expectations for, for Bent Key, for the kids offering. Jeremy had promised to invest, I think it was $100 million <laughs> over the course of a, a few years. Uh, he did that about 18 months or so ago. And everyone kept asking, where's, where's the kids' entertainment? Where's the kids' entertainment? And he not only did he make good on it, it is, <laughs> it is like... Five, time, five to 10 times better, even than I expected it to be. And I had high expectations. We've got four original kids series, a bunch of other kids series from around the world that we've acquired for this platform that are just good content for your kids. Not crazy woke stuff, not going to convince them that reality is upside down, not overly didactic and on the nose and just good, fun kids' content that is going to help shape their minds in the right way and is going to entertain them. I've, I've been playing it for my kids. It's just, it's just amazing. And if you are already a Daily Wire annual member, then there's some great news. You've already got full access to all of Bent Key's incredible shows at no extra cost. This would typically cost 99 bucks. It is included in your annual Daily Wire membership for free. This is the biggest, single biggest value add we've ever given in the Daily Wire membership. Uh, you can get Bent Key right now at dailywire.com slash subscribe. Head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe. We got so much more great stuff coming, but that, it's just huge, man. And some people are saying, why is the Daily Wire doing kids content? What is, that seems so odd. This was always the point. This was always the point of Daily Wire, was not merely to comment on the culture and politics, which is important, and we do it. I'm doing it right now, but also to make culture and politics. That was the point. It's amazing to see it happen. Uh, so anyway, go over there right now and subscribe if you haven't already. My favorite comment yesterday is from John Trammell, 7377. It says, Michael, I can't tell you where I am right now. Michael, halfway through the show, here in the UK. No, you know what? I actually was not in the UK. I don't, that might have been a slip of the tongue. No, I was in a much weirder place. Uh, or I was trying to get to a much weirder place. And actually, I, when I got to the airport, I found out I was not permitted into the country that I was attempting to travel to. So I, 
I told you, we've got a lot of fun projects on the horizon. I am not going to say anything more about that now, other than to say uh, it was a, a pretty wild 24 hours of travel. And now we're back here in the good old U.S. of A. in the state of Tennessee, in the city of Nashville, and there's more to come. Now, the the business side of the of the Daily Wire Kids offering of Bent Key is it's not just it's look it's obviously primarily missionally driven, but the business side here is that there's a huge marketing opportunity. Disney, all the other woke companies, they flip the middle finger to their audience. Okay, you say you don't want your audience's eyeballs, then we're going to take your audience's eyeballs and we're going to give them something. You want to talk about a big marketing opportunity for conservatives broadly. There's a new poll out from AP NORC, which says that uh, 78% of Americans believe the country is trending in the wrong direction. Only 21%, just a little over one in five Americans, say the U.S. is headed in the right direction. This is a downturn even from a month ago when that same group found that three quarters of Americans felt the country was heading in the wrong direction, and a quarter believed it was heading in the right direction. So you went from one in four Americans saying the country's going in the right direction down to one in five Americans, and and you're just in free fall, okay? This is a great opportunity for any Republican who says that he's running for president right now, or any Republican who wants to be Speaker of the House. That battle's going on right the second, too. Ronald Reagan had a great line in A Time for Choosing, which is maybe his most famous speech where he said, they accuse us of having simple answers to complex problems. Maybe there are simple answers. Not easy answers, but simple. They are, they are simple. What do we want in this country? We want strong families, strong communities, safe communities, law and order. We want to be able to flourish. We want to be able to prosper. We want, to, we want more good and less evil which means we want to worship our God. We don't want our churches to be closed. We want to raise our kids in the right way. We, want, we don't want weirdo teachers in crazy schools filling their heads with a pack of lies. We don't, really simple stuff. We want to have borders. We want to have law and order. We want there to be a distinction between citizens and foreigners. We want to have a country. We want to have a country. Is that so crazy? And you've got Democrats saying the opposite of all of that. No wonder that more than three quarters of Americans now say the country is going in the wrong direction. What should Republicans do? Republicans should be normal. They should be normal. They should say we want normal things. This was what was really refreshing about Trump's rhetoric in 2016 is he wasn't reciting from some political science textbook. He wasn't giving some abstract theory of whatever. People knocked him for it when he said, I'm running for president so we have good, strong communities. There were actually people on the right who came out and said, uh, actually, that's, a, that's a, a contradiction of federalism because the president shouldn't want strong local communities. That should be the job of the mayor. And it's like, shut up, man. Shut up, nerd. You egghead. Stop it. <laughs> Get your head out of the textbook and put it into reality with the political community. Of course, the man running for president should want strong and safe communities. We want a good life. That's what we want. That's what our founding fathers wanted. That's what our framers wanted. We want to secure the blessings of liberty. We don't want to put the cart before the horse and make an idol out of some ideological concept. We want good, normal stuff. Be normal, Republicans, and you will much more likely win elections. Speaking of trying to fix the culture, we've got, we've got to do our, our weekly, probably every three days segment on Jada Pinkett Smith. 
I don't know why I'm really, I'm really into their, I don't know. I know I'm not a big pop culture guy. I can't tell you the last time I saw a Will Smith movie. I certainly have, I don't think I've ever seen a Jada Smith movie or TV show. I think she's an actress, but their family dynamic is illustrative of so much of the breakdown of the American family. And so you remember she came out and said she was cheating on her husband on that show. And he had to sit there like a poor cuckold and just bury his anger inside him. And then they went to the Oscars together and he got up on stage and smacked Chris Rock in the face for some reason. And then they announced recently that they've been separated for years since 2016. Now Jada Smith can't keep her mouth shut. She's promoting a memoir, of course. She goes on the Today Show. She says that she and her husband are trying to reconcile. If you find another great love, or if Will finds another great love. There's no finding another great love. And I think that's the point. It's like, we are in a place now that we are in a deep healing space. And we are really concentrating on healing the relationship between us. So it may not be the divorce on paper anymore? There's no divorce on paper. I mean, not on paper. There might not be a divorce in theory anymore. Yeah, no, we really have been working hard. Oh, See? Okay. Well, person. I didn't That's know that. I, we the whole I was trying to take well, Wait, wait, wait. I totally missed that on the whole thing. That's wait. the whole thing. So, wait. So, wait. Just so I'm 100% clear. You were divorced, not on right. paper. But now we might be a point where we're back together. We are working very hard at bringing our relationship. Yes, bringing our relationship together. Back, back to a marriage again. Back to a life partnership. Yes. Okay, I, I think this is a good thing. I think. There are a lot of people who, when Jada Smith said, I cheated on my husband, or when he went up and smacked Chris Rock, or any of the other just terrible things that have happened in their marriage, who said, man, he's got to leave her because she seems crazy. And she does seem crazy. But I don't think that they should get divorced. I might be the one man in America. I'm one of three people in America. It's me, Will Smith, and Jada Pinkett Smith who don't think that Will and Jada should get divorced. I oppose divorce in, in all circumstances. <laughs> I, I don't think it's even really a possibility because I think what God has joined, no man really ultimately can separate. So if they're going to say, hey, we've got this horrible marriage. It's, a hor- it's, it's, it's really hard, but we are going to try to keep it together. We're going to try to work on it and bring it back together. I think that's a good thing. Now, she's using all this weird new age liberal hippie language. We're working on mending a life partnership and we're doing the work of the healing and that's not going to help them. All that new agey hippie BS is never going to help them. That's never helped anybody ever in history. The kind of language that's going to help them is going to be the old sturdy language of marriage, which is an old sturdy institution that was not... constructed by human beings. It it exists from the very beginning of human beings because human beings are the political and social creature and a coupling creature. We are meant one for the other. We are complementary men and women, okay? And the marriage is a symbol of the relationship between Christ and his church. When, When Christ is speaking about divorce and and he's hearing from all the scribes and the Pharisees and all these legalists. And they're saying, no, you you can have a divorce, right? And he says, no, no. Moses gave you a license to divorce because of the hardness of your hearts. But from the beginning, it was not so. From the beginning. Jada Smith and Will Smith, for all of their faults and all of their errors of thinking, they've got this point more correct 
than the modern culture. There's a lot more to get to. There's so much more I wanted to get to today. Deep fake porn, a Palestinian pizza shop, and the Tim Scott presidential campaign. And we just don't have time because we got to get to a friend of mine. This guy and I go back over 10 years. Uh, we'll, we will get to those things hopefully later in the week. It is time for the membrum segmentum. Avec la crème de la crème. These people who I have missed for over 24 hours now. The show continues now. You do not want to miss it. Become a member. Use code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. 